Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. It's a victory edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 1053 The Fans. So glad to bring you another hockey podcast edition of Spits and Suds. And joining me as he always does, I'm telling you, I love reading his stuff on his Substock. Uh, which is Shap Shots, and if you want to support Sean, that's a great way, as well as his book, We Win Here. You can read his stuff in D Magazine, as well as, what am I forgetting? Uh, EP Ringside. uh, Yep, EP Ringside. EP Ringside. He's all (laughs) over the place, and that's what you need to know. And he's Sean Shapiro. How are you, my friend? I'm doing really well today, Gavin. It's uh, it's a good good Friday here. Everything's good, so... I'm doing well today. Yeah, that's and I appreciate that, man. It's always great to be here after a uh, victory, and we will get into that victory and dive in. But if you listen to Sean earlier in the week when we were talking and I was promoting that we're going to have former two-time cup winner Brad Lukovic on, um, Sean said, ask him if he wants to talk about his name not being on the cup. So Brad and I were uh, texting back and forth and I, you know, asked him, I said, Hey, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. uh, But what are your thoughts on that? he's like, Oh yeah, let's talk about that. He's like, seriously, I have no filter, whatever you want to talk about. Sean, it was, I could have sat for another hour and listened to stories (laughs) from growing up with the Niedermeyers and playing hockey in Western Canada together in the neighborhood, and they had their own little gang. They actually had jackets. <laughs> it was like a West Side story of hockey um, to talking and asking that question. And I, I had a couple of, because he let us know a lot of the things that we wanted to know about the 99 you know, Cup team. And I wanted to play because I asked him the question you wanted, and... This is how he found out that his name wasn't on the cup. I got okay. I got every I got every single bit of it. I was a part of every single bit except for that. That was kind of the and I didn't know. <laughs> so I didn't know until we came back to Dallas and they have like a dinner and and the cup's there. So it's the Stanley Cup dinner prior it's like a couple of days before the beginning of the season. We all go in and the cup's sitting there. It was like a, it was on 35 it was like a steak restaurant and I walk in and the cup's sitting right there, and there's all these frames, like it's just a frame, and it's a, it's a zoomed in picture of the cup where your name is. And I'm like, I go in there and I'm looking, I'm like, what the hell, mine's not there. So I kind of turn around and I see the guys, and their eyes are like, my name's not on the cup. 
like, no, I'm like, well, what the hell am I doing here? And so I actually, I turned around and I left. I was pretty choked. I, so I don't, I don't, I, I didn't stick around for that dinner. I left. I got in trouble for leaving, but I left. Sean, how about that? That's, I did not know that story. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you took part yeah. in the parade. You got yeah. your day with the cup. You got everything, so you're just assuming it, and you show up to this dinner and the uncomfortable feeling of these special invitations with all of the players, and you're not on there, and players and personnel are looking at you like, wow, he doesn't know. I don't blame him for leaving. Yeah, and for people who don't know, right, like Brad Lukowicz played eight playoff games during the 99 playoffs, too. It's not like, um, in part, and like, it's not like we're talking about a guy who was a black ace and didn't play any playoff games or anything like that. Like he played eight playoff games. He played a third of the playoff games required for Dallas to win the cup. And honestly, like that was a playoff run where Darian Hatcher was suspended early in the playoffs. Yes. They needed a guy. They needed a guy to step up and he did and everything. It's uh, like, it would be akin to, uh, like a modern day, like, could you imagine if, uh, what's a good example? Like, uh, Vegas wouldn't even like, it would be kind of like if Vegas last year, when they won the cup decided that they were not going to put Logan Thompson's name on the cup. Right. Even because he technically didn't meet the requirements, even though he had been, even though he had been one their goalie in the regular season, like it's similar to that of like a guy who was actually part of the run played games that helped you get to the top of the mountain. Yeah, and to find out that way, that's man, that's oh, that's rough. I know, I know. I, I and I say hockey has the best stories, and that's one of them. Yeah. I mean, the oversight of someone not to take him aside prior or call him and say, "Hey, this is up to you if you want to be here," but just letting you know, I wanted to confirm that you know that you're not on the cup, but we will do an invitation for you, and so everything will look as if you're on the cup because you were a major part of this. That's just wow. wow baffles me so the other story that i wanted to play a clip of and by the way the full podcast is up now so you can listen to his days of playing hockey with scott and rob niedermeyer to some unbelievable stories uh both in tampa and dallas um you know ludwig chirping him on the podcast which is pretty funny as well so we all know that the cup ended up in the pool But I did not know this side of the story as far as what happened to the cup. Sleeping in some other room, we get up in the morning, we're like, oh, we're going to be late for the parade. We got to get going. So we actually called a cab and there's a guy out front and the guy and it was the DJ from the from the Apple. I forget his name right right now, but he's like, hey, 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 you guys know the cups in the pool, right? So we go out there, and sure enough, so we had to wake up. A couple of guys were like, hey, listen, we got to get that. So Sevy, thank goodness Sevy was still there because he was huge. So we jumped in. We grabbed the cup, and you, it was so full that you could, you'd have to, like, lift it up under the water, but you could only push it so far, and then you, and then the next guy would go down. So they would one would go up, and they, they were doing this one. They finally get <laughs> it to the edge. The two of them would just lifted it up. They finally got it out, and it drained all the water out of the bottom. We grabbed that thing. <laughs> grab the cup guy we're like we gotta go the cup guy was sleeping so we grab him we throw it in the trunk we jump in a cab now we're late for the parade so we come we show up to valley ranch and i 
pull around the corner with my brother and I'm they're waiting. They're texting us like, where are you? I'm like, don't worry. We're coming. You'll be happy that we're just wait for us. Trust me. You're going to want to wait. We pull up and Hitch is like, I can't believe you're late. Like you're the, you're, of all the people. I'm like, Matt, like my brother turns around and I go, we got this. And then we go, oh, okay. Come on. How about that, Sean? The Stanley Cup was almost not at the Stanley Cup parade. I love the fact that uh, I love the fact that it, it can get waterlogged. That's something you never think about. No, with that trophy. I know. <laughs> the fact that the trophy itself can get waterlogged. Also, uh, Brad's hitch impression is impressive. <laughs> so that's, uh, that's 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 another that's uh, that's that's even more on this. Yeah. this, this that's 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 great stuff. Yeah, because I knew I knew the cup was in the pool. It ended up in the pool. Mm-hmm. What I had no idea, it stayed in the pool all night. No. Yeah. I want that keeper of the cup job. <laughs> I mean, how <laughs> much? Yeah. But I, I would probably you probably have to change that name of keeper to the cup. That just guy who brings the cup. <laughs> yeah, because I would think yeah. the keeper should know that it's been in a pool all night. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness! All right, so the full uh, episode, which is about an hour, is pretty awesome. And it's on Spits and Suds. Please support us. And uh, Brad was uh, terrific for taking his time, and we're going to have him on again. So, Stars, big win last night. But, you know, Sean, one of the things that happened, hate to start with a negative, but a bit of a slow start. Ended up down 2 to nothing, especially out of the gates, down 1 to nothing. Um, Geez, before we even got to the 18-minute mark. Yeah, I mean, it was, and it's it's one of those things where I, I laughed. We it was a fun show that we did on Monday after the Boston game, right? Yeah, and we talked with David, and David David kind of mentioned something, uh, kind of mentioned, oh, these things sometimes work themselves out, and and you and I and I kind of pushed back on the fact where I don't know, we've always been told these things work themselves <laughs> out, and they and they they uh, and they and they never do. So the. Uh, the the fact of the matter is uh it's uh this this was a typical stars start and as weird as it sounds it's something that when you're watching this team play as much as we do and you cover this team and all that like it just becomes part of the fabric of it right like it's it, it's kind of and that's not a good thing i'm not saying it's a good thing it's just you're like this is what's normal they take 10 minutes to wake up and that almost like clockwork. They did it again last night. They're down two nothing, almost ten minutes in, and then, then finally wake up and play a hockey game. Like, it's it's one of those great questions that, like, I would love to see the like, and, I, and once again, I don't try to put everything on Jamie Ben and, and everything like that. But like, you look at the commonalities of. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't a Pete DeBoer thing. It wasn't a Rick Bonus thing. It wasn't a Jim Montgomery thing. It wasn't a Lindy Ruff thing. It wasn't a Ken Hitchcock thing. The slow starts have been the entire define the entire Jamie Ben era. And whether that's yeah. coincidence or causation, we'll never know. But he is the captain and the guy who's gets him going and everything like that. So it will be fascinating someday. And once again, I'm not trying to take drive-bys at Jamie Ben, but it's just reality. You look at it. It will be fascinating to see someday whenever they're, when, whenever the next captain is in Dallas, whenever that is, it will be interesting to see how the team starts because that will be the great kind of tester of, was it something always in the water or was it maybe they needed a different guy giving the pregame speech? I don't know, but it's, 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 it's stars, slow start. There's we've talked about them so many times. 
I almost struggle to come up with a unique, unique way to talk about it now with them. Well, one of the things, even before they hit the ice that I was surprised, I thought Ty Delandria and Wyatt Johnston were two of the better stars players on the ice against Boston. And we pointed that out in the podcast to see Ty Delandria not play. Um, you know, and I understand, you, you know, that's the thing about depth. You got guys, you got Radic Foxa coming back, which was great to see. But at the same time, um, you know, I thought Delandria, you know, hopefully he'll get some reps this weekend because I think he provides a lot of energy and can provide that early energy that this team seemed to need. I was, I mean, the fact he came out was interesting to me. I thought Delandria had been really, had been good lately. Um, and you can argue who should or shouldn't have been in the lineup between him. You could talk about him and Sam Steele and yep. stuff like that. It, it, it was one of those situations where like, it kind of felt a little bit like, um, and not every coach has this philosophy, but it felt a little bit like you don't lose your job to injury. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like some coaches believe that like, if you come, when you come back from injury, you come back in, you don't lose your job to injury. And so, um, and now Radic Fox actually played well last night. So I want to give really Radic Fox did. credit, He's but going well into season. the game, going into the game, it was one of those situations where you're like, if, do you want title Andrew or Radic Fox applying now Fox coming back from injury? Maybe there's more of a philosophy. You don't lose your job to injury and things like that. But I thought Delandria based off merit and based off play should have still been in. And that's, that's something that, uh, I don't know. It just sounds a little bit of the slightly not wrong message, but to me, that's the type of guy you don't take out after how he played last time. Yeah. So. Uh, no, I, I agree. And Radic Foxa was a major part as you talked on your, uh, yeah. shot sub stack. Uh, one of the things that we don't talk about, and that's what I love about watching games and stopping and rewinding and kind of taking notes, and that's what I love about spits and suds is we can break that down. Even though Craig Smith, who's been a really nice surprise for this Stars team, got the goal, it was Radic Foxa on the breakout and the ability to carefully put the shot in the right place, which created that rebound, which you highlighted. Yeah, and it, it's one of those plays where it's, I think too often one of the things that has kind of evolved in, in the hockey world, and it's, this is more of my commentary and viewing of things um, is everyone who reaches the NHL now at some point was a goal scorer. That's just the reality. It's just like every guy who reaches the NHL at some point, they were the best player on their team in their league, in their town, whatever. So they were goal scorers. And there's a lot of players who, don't realize that they are no longer goal scorers when they get to the top league in the world. And so there's that, that, that break that two on one break against Columbus there. That's a play where Radic Fox is not shooting to score. The goal scoring mentality from that spot is you're picking, you're picking, you're shooting high. You're not shooting low on an NHL goalie from that spot. You're shooting high. Foxa could shoot high. He could shoot straight into the gut. He could shoot right and he could shoot glove side. He could try and score there. The play dies if he shoots high. Mm-hmm. If, if, if he shoots high, the play dies with a goal, unlikely, or a save, more likely. When you shoot, when you shoot low pad like he did, it's a play that the goalie is not going to control the rebound on. At best case scenario, it's going to be a well-placed rebound to the corner, but in general, it's hard to do that. And it's it's one of those plays that's kind of a bit of a lost art in the NHL now because too often guys come down there and 
they're shooting high and they're shooting to score Yes, when they should be thinking about the follow-up action and what this sets up for a teammate. And that's why I give Fox a ton of credit for the assist on that play where you come in from that spot. He's got all the time in the world, like intentionally took the one screen grab there where you see him and Martin square and he sees the play. He couldn't. And by waiting it out a little bit and shooting where he did, it opens the space for Craig Smith to go put the puck on the net. Really. I really like how Fox have played that. It's a simple, dumb thing, not dumb, but simple thing. That's how you create offense. And for a guy who is so hard on himself and beats himself so much, as much as anyone here who listens to this podcast has beat up Radic Fox, uh, Radic Fox has beat himself up 50 times more. I hope that that's the kind of the turning point for a guy who to kind of have that confidence to just kind of do stuff like that more and realize that I can still play my game and be part of this plan. Um, Because I think the coaching staff knows that. Um, because they don't look at contracts the way that we do all the mm-hmm. time. That's not their job. They're the coaches. So kudos to Foxa for that. And hopefully from that perspective, it gets him going because that's really what you need from him to, to a deliver on value and B help with kind of everything else. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus who knew when the stars signed Matt Duchesne that we'd be having the conversation where the stars aren't the same without Duchesne? I, I mean, inserted back into the lineup, and we saw the effect it had on Mason Marchment uh, with a big goal down two to nothing, and Mason Marchment scores, um, and once again Matt Duchesne showing why. Jim Nill, he's making Jim Nill look good. So is Craig Smith yeah. making Jim Nill look good. These are terrific off-season additions. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a good Duchesne. A, we always talked about Duchesne kind of being that superb value off the buyout at three million dollars per year, and he's really he he's really done. I think even more than we kind of expected. Um, we talked about it on this show before about. The stars don't coming into this season. One of my concerns with the stars is they don't have the in zone puck protectors, right? We talked about the puck protection in transition, but in zone, it was something that they were lacking. And Duchesne has kind of evolved his game a little bit and added that. And it's opened up space for, we saw it open up space for Marchment the other night. And he still has the uh, ability to put the puck in the net. Obviously, I'm not, if I'm Columbus, I'm a bit peeved at Spencer Martin for the how the the rebound slipped yep. through on the breakaway goal but then but just kind of the the chance creation the awareness like a lot like 
the Matt, the Duchesne signing has really delivered. And it's interesting to kind of watch this game against Columbus, then go back to the Boston game and kind of see what was missing. And uh, it's noticeable. So it's, yeah. Get me back on track, Kevin. No, no, I I, I love it. The third thing, the third, one of the things you also talked about on your sub stack, which is Shap shots, is the play of Nils Lundqvist and the mm-hmm. terrific pass that led to another Stars goal. Uh, and Lundqvist finished with two assists and continues his solid play. Yeah, I I'm glad the the second the second assist he had the the shot that was tipped by Sagan. That's kind of more in his quote unquote wheelhouse offensively, but I really loved the play to set up, even if it wasn't a goal. I really loved the play that set up the, the, the Duchesne goal, because it's, it's one of those plays where when Lundquist last season was essentially discarded and became a healthy scratch for the final third of the regular season and all of the playoffs and everything, it was because he wasn't doing things like this. He was, not defending with his feet. He was not attacking at the blue line. He was making, he wasn't making smart decisions. And last night before the the goal that Duchesne scores, he plays it well. He he's well positioned. He defends with his feet against Jake Bean. Um, he, there's some little subtleties in his game on that spot where he's technically, it looks like it for a second, he's giving Bean kind of the lane, but at the same time, he's taking away the more dangerous pass with his stick and as Bean hesitates, he closes in, kind of stuffs the play out. And for as much weight room work as Nils Lundqvist can do, he's never going to be massive. And Jake Bean kind of gets the better end of the physical hit at the end as they tumble together. But Lundqvist's work to stuff the play out with his feet, with his stick, leads to a goal the other end for the Stars. And those are the, that's the type of play where even if a goal hadn't been scored, that's the type of play that will continue to keep Lundqvist in this in this in this defensive core and we won't get back to the spot of hey we need Joel Hanley in the lineup because he defends better and things like that like I thought it was a big night for Lundqvist on that spot especially coming off and I I don't think Lundqvist was was bad per se against Boston but just there's times where as a player and as someone who's highly under the microscope like he is you have to have games like this to keep reminding people of what makes you um of uh kind of what makes you best, most effective, and long-term potential at the same time. You know, we, we always talk about the scoring, but one of the things that we sometimes, uh, and that's why we like doing this Spits and Suds deep dive, is the little things that add up. Johnny Gaudreau, no shots on net last night. Mm-hmm. I mean, when we take a step back and we, the Johnny Gaudreau sweepstakes, this is the second year, um, mm-hmm. was massive. Everyone thought New Jersey, Philadelphia, uh, will he stay in Calgary? And Johnny Goudreau chooses Columbus. You know, good for him. Gets the contract he wants, but it it just hasn't clicked yet for, uh, and, and the Jackets are really young, but I was yeah. shocked to see that their top player had no shots on net. And even watching the game, it was like, Wow, Johnny Hockey, man, you would think that they'd either focus to get him a shot on net or he'd try to create something so he could get a shot on net. Well, and this comes, what, is it two games or one game after he was benched for the entire third period, Correct. right? So um, it's 
it's kind of one, of, and I don't like, and I, I don't know Goudreau well enough to, to, to I, I haven't covered the Blue Jackets or the Flames on a on a daily basis, so I don't know Goudreau well enough to know what makes them tick, for lack of a better word. But based off my viewing, he's not the guy who takes a benching that it's not the benching that ticks him off and 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 moves him on and 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 gets him fired up for the next time or whatever. Now, I don't know. I could I'm just looking at what I can view as an outside observer. I don't maybe there's something else there that I don't know and I'm missing, but it's um Johnny Goudreau it kind of reminds me Johnny Goudreau and Columbus and they're a young team and I think there's some potential especially I think Fantilli's yeah, Fantilli's, Fantilli's going to be really good. Um I've always been a Jenner fan. Yeah, and but Goudreau is like he's got a he's got incredible job security and comfort and playing in a market now where there's really no just him just choosing Columbus was a big enough win already like you can play off that for for a long long time like it just he seems like a player who could easily fall into complacency. And that's just, I'm not trying to be an old school, like, Oh, he did this or that or whatever. Just like it's, he's going to make what? 9.75 million per year or something like that for each of the next seven years. And that's not going anywhere. And it, it, it just feels like a potential set setup for complacency to just kind of play out the stretch. I hope I'm wrong. Cause he's yeah. a really fun player when he plays well, but I mean, this season combined with last night, like it's, there's, it's, it's amazing, Gavin. I know plus minus isn't the greatest stat, but like, it, it's amazing. So 21-22 season, right? Goudreau leads the league in plus minus with Calgary, plus 64, 64, plus 64. That's yeah. crazy, right? Wow, it is crazy. Then the next year in, uh, the, the next, his first year in Columbus, Minus 33. That's a drop in plus minus of 97. <laughs> like, like that's, and if you include the minus threes at this year, he's at minus 100 over the last last two years since he left Calgary. Like it is a remarkable turn of events for a player who left, who picked, a pl- who, who, who left Calgary and, and did all this like, it's 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 I know this is a Dallas Stars podcast, but you're it's just it's amazing to think about just from a further larger hockey perspective as someone who watches this game all the time. Yeah, I think so. they're one of two teams that haven't made it to a uh, to a conference final. Try to think of the other. Sounds that sounds right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and by I the mean, way, see, I mean, are we, are we, I mean, obviously, are we counting Seattle in there? Like, I think yes. there's like, yes, Seattle yeah. and I mean, Columbus. Seattle's thank not, you. But, Seattle and Columbus no. are the two. Now, I, I will say this. Um, it is a smaller market, but kudos to their fans. They show up. They love their jackets, and they have not been given the most to cheer for. So I hope it works in mm-hmm. Columbus. Uh, I'm biased because I'm a Pascal Vincent guy, <laughs> and I want yeah. I want him to get the coaching <laughs> shot, which he's getting. And, you know, they're a young team, so hopefully there is patience in Columbus. So I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you this, Sean, as well, because – and please correct me. So Adam Deacon – one of our Spits and Suds listeners, uh, tweeted me last night, what's your take on the Stars' top line? Really not firing on all cylinders and looking very lackluster. So I pulled the stats for the year. Pavelski, 12 games, 12 points. 
And uh, Robertson, 12 games, uh, 10 points. And Rope Hintz, 11 games, 11 points. So point-wise, and I think, are they what they were last year so far? No. But at the same time, I wanted to get your take on this because what I wanted to explain is is that teams are now hyper-focusing on that top line. When you have the depth that the stars do, you know, their top defensemen are going up against, and their top defensive players a lot of times are going against that star's first line. That opens it up for the other lines. Is that a fair assessment? It does. I mean, it it is fair. Um, They've also, I want to make sure I pull this up here too. Um, They also have, I don't think they've been, they haven't been as good as they were Yes. Last year. But I also think everything kind of comes with a sliding scale, right? Like I just pulled up, you take a look at it right now. You, you kind of looked at, you noted their individual stats, but um, this year they've been the, the stars most frequent line together, right? No, they've got at even strength. They've got 114 minutes played together so far in 11 games. Um, the only, no other line is that, is even above 90 minutes. The next closest line is the Johnston Ben Dadanov line at 89 minutes played together this year. And in the time they've been on the ice, like it's been, they've had 52 scoring chances for 49 against. Um, it's been pretty, pretty even as far it's been kind of even. And last year it, it was tilted more. And so I have a hard time calling them, calling them bad. I just, I think right now there's kind of a lack of finishing more so. Um, and, but it, it is something where they've played together every game and it is something, well, not I mean, every game except for opening night when hints was, was not, was not there. Right. Um, it is, it is, it is something where I, you just kind of go down the path and you wonder, not long term to break it up because I don't think I'm not a fan of, of of that, but I do wonder as you kind of go down things like long term, is there the occasional split up in a game that works to just kind of hit the reset button? Like yeah. I wonder if that kind of would be. I wouldn't do it for a full game. I wouldn't even do it for a full period. I just think I wonder if there's the occasional time offensive zone draw, defensive zone draw, whatever scenario you play where you just break some things up just to kind of hit that force reset button. Cause I think that can do wonders sometimes. Yep. Um, people don't realize it. I think that's just one of those things where one defensive zone draw, where all of a sudden um, hypothetical defensive zone draw, hypothetically you throw out uh Radic Fox out there with Robertson and hints instead of Pavelski. That's obviously not going to be a line you go with long-term, but all of a sudden Robertson and hints, play with Foxa for a shift changes things up. Like it can be that force reset that I think maybe could be, be used and probably should be in the coach's bag at some point here. So, yeah. Interesting. Duchesne probably wouldn't be that much of a curveball because no, no. And I don't, yeah. And, and same thing with like Sagan, who was, uh, yeah. Um, kind of the same style. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I understand what you're saying. And that would be an interesting coaching, 
uh, adjustment to see. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.